In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Ezra opens the scroll and reads the book of the law to the people, a book that had been missing for a long time during exile. And after having read the scroll, it sounds like they had coffee and donuts afterwards. Our Lord opens a scroll of Isaiah in the synagogue in Nazareth, his hometown. And he, he must have smiled to himself. If the, the beauty, the, the majesty, the mystery of this moment is difficult to grasp, let me just summarize it and help you see it from a few different perspectives. He stood up to read, was handed the scroll of the prophet Isaiah. He unrolled the scroll. Rolling up the scroll, he handed it back to the attendant and sat down. And all the eyes in the synagogue looked intently at him. Interestingly enough, St. Luke does not say that our Lord read it aloud. It's understood just by virtue of... um, common sense, but it would be even more delightful if he simply looked at it, closed it up, and said, this is fulfilled in your hearing. That would be awesome, but I don't think that's what happened. I think he actually read aloud, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring glad tidings of the poor. He sent me to proclaim liberty to captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim a year acceptable to the Lord. This is, so this is the word of God, the sacred scripture, being read aloud by God, being read aloud by the second person of the Holy Trinity, whom we call the word, the logos. He is reading aloud the word of God, which was inspired by the Holy Spirit and which was spoken truly by the prophet Isaiah, that the spirit of the Lord had come upon him and he did proclaim liberty to captives. And yet this word of God given to men is now read aloud by man who is the word, who is God, who actually fulfills it. Just to begin to approach how delightfully mind-boggling that is, just recall that ESPN commercial, I know you've seen it, And there's the lunch buffet and the beverage table. And Arnold Palmer has a cup. And he pours in some lemonade. And he pours in some iced tea. And from the other end of the room, the sportscasters are just on pins and needles. And they were like, that was awesome. (laughs) And Arnold Palmer, by the way, is drink you can acquire at any golf course where it's half lemonade and half iced tea. It's named after him. What an experience it would be to see Arnold Palmer pour an Arnold Palmer. As I said before, this just begins to approach how delightfully incredible and mind-boggling it is to see God 
to see the Word, who is God, who is man, and God, who is the Word incarnate. Pick up the scroll, which is the Word of God given to men, and he reads it with his human tongue and gives it his human breath. There is nobody who could have appreciated what was going on at that moment. He couldn't explain that to anybody. It would have been gibberish. He had to have smiled. This is... this. He, he could pray to God the Father. God the Father, God the Holy Spirit, they could appreciate how incredible that was. He would have to wait several years for the manifestation of himself for divine revelation to develop, especially with his death and resurrection, for them to be able to begin to really appreciate and begin to talk about who he is. But it really had to wait for the Holy Spirit to bring the apostles and the church into the fullness of truth so that they could, years later, realize, hold on, that was really awesome. We have to write that down. And then it's written down again in the word of God. And it's part of sacred scripture now. And we're reading it out loud. Do you see how this is just one awesomeness after another awesomeness? This isn't just simply Ezra reads the word of God. Jesus reads the word of God. So when you go home, please read the word of God to your people. You should do that. But appreciate that there is something mystical and divine that is unfolding. You are giving breath to the word of God. It is entering through the ears of those who will have faith through hearing. You are lending your flesh so that God can become incarnate again. A priest does this uniquely at the altar, not for his own benefit, for the benefit of all the church. As St. Paul reminds us again, sort of continuing where we left off last week, there are many gifts, many roles, but only, only one body. We are all one, all participate in the body of Christ, in the church. All enjoy the dignity of being part of the body, of being joined to Christ. So a priest uniquely does that at the altar. All of us do that when we read aloud sacred scripture. It's, it's very important that we not only read it and study it and be familiar with it. I think it's very important that you read it aloud. Read it aloud to yourself. Read it aloud to others. Not just because it adds an extra sense to your experience. There's something powerful about the word of God being proclaimed because it was first a word and then it was written. But the word was written in order to be spoken again. Faith comes through hearing. We're reminded in sacred scripture time and time again. When a mother holds her baby, she doesn't point out scribble for years until the baby figures out what the scribble is, but she does immediately start talking to her baby. And it will take years for her baby to figure out what those sounds mean. 
And those sounds have meaning because the baby sees the words, or hears the words and sees his mother. The words take on flesh because they go hand in hand with the actions, with the life of the one who speaks. Eventually, some people read, and, and some of the people who can read understand. But everyone's, everyone's been given ears to hear. Not all of us have bodies that fully function, eyes that fail, ears that fail, all that's understood. It's not a question of which sense is more important, but they're meant to go together. And the ear has a pride of place. Ask people to read to you. Ask people to read aloud the word of God to you. Isn't it significant? We didn't all sit around and just do our reading assignment and then have the priest explain what we just read. It was, it was read aloud to us. It was given life again. And so as St. Paul explains, no, we're not all apostles, not all prophets, not all teachers. We're not all healers. We're not all administrators. We don't all speak in tongues. But when we have the word of God, we're not apostles, but we're all witnesses. When, when we have the word of God, we're not all teachers in a, in a formal sense, but we all instruct and inform. When we have the word of God, we might not be healers, but we communicate the power of God in ways that we won't be able to understand. We don't all speak in tongues, we don't all interpret, but when we have the word of God, we give utterance to something that human beings couldn't have invented and we convey it with understanding. We're not all administrators, but when we, when we have the word of God, we, we give order to the world. The words of the Lord truly are spirit and life. <clears throat> Sometimes it's as simple as, as open up the gospel and, and read it aloud to yourself. When, you're, when you've written something, you've written a letter, or you've written a speech, and you, you, you've seen the words so often, what do you do to give it new life? You read it out loud to yourself. So that, you make, so that you, you're not just playing games in your mind or missing things with your eyes. You make sure that your ears receive what you're about to give. The words of the Lord are spirit and life. During Lent this year, where there's going to be an effort to encourage people to really read the Word of God, study sacred scripture, prepare for Sunday Mass by looking at the Sunday readings, and, and be willing to be taught, be willing to have them explained to you, and, then, and share how this makes sense and makes a difference. In the meantime, appreciate what St. Luke is doing, what he's saying. Interestingly enough, we have four verses from chapter 1 and then a story from chapter 4 because we heard last week from St. John's Gospel to begin with St. John the Baptist as ordinary time commenced. But it's really beautiful how St. Luke is given an opportunity to explain why he's writing this and how he's writing it and for whom. He's writing to those who already have faith, who have already received the teaching. How do they receive that teaching? Through hearing, through hearing the preaching of those who are witnesses, who did communicate the word of God because they were communicating Christ. 
And not just by what they said, but how they lived and how they worshiped God. And now it's been written. What's been written is certain. But what's written is part of the life of the church. It's a necessary part, but only part. We give life to it as we read it and as we proclaim it. And as it, and as it informs not only the prayers of our worship and the Holy Mass, but uh, our thoughts and our affections and our every day. Begin by realizing that the Word of God is how we worship. Read the, read, the, read the readings of the day and allow Christ through His church to explain them to you and give thanks that you have been made part of a truly awesome mystery. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen.